before I bring the message. Um, it's been a busy summer for us. We were able to get to Hong Kong and to see our son Joel. Uh, a number of you know Joel and to meet uh, his wife, who we'd never met. Obviously, we couldn't go for the wedding uh, previously because of COVID, so that was a lovely experience. What wasn't so pleasant is when we were, because you have to isolate for a week, uh, we both caught COVID somehow. Uh, whether that was on the plane going over, so we ended up being isolated for two weeks, which meant that uh, if we came back at the time that we planned, we'd only have been with Joel a week, so we extended our time there by another week, which meant we had to repurchase another ticket to come home, a single ticket. Well, if you know anything about airlines, they charge the same for a single as they do for a return, uh, and tickets are about four times the price that they are normally. So, um, I'll get rid of this one, we don't need this. Uh, so, uh, eventful, expensive, but it was uh, a joy of seeing Joel again. And uh, he sends you those that know him, his love. And uh, from there I went to Scotland to spend some time with Luke. And Luke sends you his regards to those of you that remember Luke. So that's something of those that know my family, uh, just some personal remarks there. I thought it impossible to bring a message to you this morning. Can you not hear? Okay, those in the sound booth. Um, okay, they're busy in conversation. I'm trying to get there. They say they can't hear. Hello, yes. Can you hear me now, clearly, more clearly? If not, yeah, because there's no point in me talking if you can't hear, so, okay. Well, you could always come a little bit closer, I suppose. That's one way of uh, getting around the problem. I thought it would be strange to speak and ignore the fact that our Queen has passed away. And so I just waited on the Lord, really, and prayed about the whole situation. Father, the Lord gave me a message to bring to you in respect of this, so it's a very special message, just a one-off, it would never be repeated again, I thought to ignore her would actually be odd and even disrespectful for, as we look to her and we hear many reports on the television, how faithful she was, how loyal she was, and increasingly we're getting information that uh, commitment to Christ was genuine, it was real, and she knew what it was to be born again and to, to love the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe the blessing of our nation is a result that our sovereign honoured and loved God. I do believe that. You could say, well, there's been a lot of uh, problems in our nation, but a lot of blessing as well over the years that she's been uh, our monarch. And I pray that Charles steps into that same place as one who is faithful to God and uh, represents his nation before the throne of God in a, a special way that a monarch can and does. When you think about the Queen, 
maybe you've had some questions whether she was a Christian or not. She doesn't perhaps worship with the same style that you worship with. And so you're thinking, hmm, you know, we have those doubts about all Christians that aren't like us. Are they real Christians? <laughs> a bit silly, really, aren't we? As though somehow we've, we've got it all right and we're doing it all perfectly right. Of course, they're all slightly wrong. Uh, that wouldn't be true. She, you might have said, well, she's not as outspoken as she should have been. Um, she should have said that she was a Christian. She should have declared these things. She should have made it more plain. But of course, when you're in such a position, you have to be a little bit more careful the words that you use and how you say things. And because uh, she carries a tremendous responsibility. But you know, she did express her faith in God. There was a Christmas message several years ago where it was very, very clear that she had faith in God and um, it is faith in him. Faith in Jesus Christ that saves us. It's not about the way that we worship. It's not about our testimony even. It's not about the way that we live. Our salvation is based on faith in Jesus Christ alone. It is the blood of Jesus that secures our salvation. Not our works, not how we worship, not what we do. It is the blood of Jesus Christ and our faith in that. I want to read this quote from her message a few Christmases ago and just listen carefully as I say it again. I'm sure you've heard it all before. Uh, just to pick up the, the parts that you could say Amen to that. I agree with that. that. That is what I truly believe as well. She said this, I know just how much I rely on my own faith to guide me through the good times and the bad. Each day is a new beginning. I know that the only way to live my life is to try to do what is right to take the long view, to give of my best in all that the day brings, and to put my trust in God. Like others of you who have drawn inspiration from your own faith, I draw strength from the message of hope in the Christmas Gospel. Very sound. I picked over that very carefully she talks about the Christmas gospel she could have just said the gospel but it was Christmas so I understand why she would use that sense the Christmas gospel and what is the Christmas gospel it's really the verse we read in Isaiah 9 and 6 isn't it it says for to us a child is born and to us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. That is who she was talking about. She never referred to Jesus at all in name, and yet she didn't have to. Within the words that she used, in the way it was crafted, maybe she crafted it, or it was crafted for her, or with her understanding, she shared her faith, the Gospel, the Queen's statement of faith, there were several points that really struck me. Um, they're relevant for us today. 
And uh, I just want to bring out two or three of them. There were quite a number in there that you could have turned to and just pulled out. But these are the three I want us to look at and to consider this morning as Christians. I know my faith, she said, guides me through every day. I want to examine what does that mean? Is that true for you that your faith guides you through? And she made the point every day. She makes the point twice in her uh, little address. It's every day. Every day we wake up to a new day with Christ, with God. And it's, it's a time to start again. It's also God, as though God enjoys us, giving us the opportunity to start again. If things go wrong, we can stop and start again and start again. So every day is a new start, a new day of walking in faith. She said, I know all I need to do each day is choose to do what is right. We'll come back to these three points. And the third one was, I draw my strength for each day from the hope she meant in God's word. She said in the Christmas gospel, but that is the same as saying, I draw my strength from the hope I find in God's word. We heard several testimonies this morning of hope in God's word. Hope in the vision, hope in the passages of scripture that Jay shared with us regarding financial blessing, hope in the other testimonies that were shared in God's word is strength. It gives us hope. We live our lives in the immediate. We, we don't live for the future much, do we? And there would be little point, because the truth is there are no guarantees. There are no guarantees that you'll be here tomorrow. There's no guarantees you'll follow through on any of the plans or the aspirations or the desires that you have. So we live in the day, in the immediate, in the now. There's no good living in yesterday. It's past. You can't change it. The best you can do with yesterday is learn from it so you don't make the same mistakes again. So that's the only benefit of living in the past. Like I said, tomorrow may not come. There are no guarantees, so you can't live for the future. So we live for today. Your life exists in this moment. In a minute, it will be history. In two minutes, it will be more history. Do you understand? We live in the immediacy of now. It is now that counts with God. It is now that your life is lived with God in the moment. This moment. You're here. You're now. You're living in this moment. What I say and do in this moment is important. In a minute's time, it won't be important. What you say and do now in this moment is important. It is your life lived now in this moment. You see, sometimes we can be living in the future, thinking of what will be, how I will be different, how things will be different, or live in the past. Oh, only if, only if. And all the time we're missing 
the present. That's why she makes the point of today. It is today. It is today. Today, how we live now, is the only thing that matters. If I'm polite to you or rude to you, now, in this moment, this is what matters. It is the moment that we live in that matters. And we must capture that thought, the idea. I must live for now. So, let's look at these three claims that the, our Queen made uh, in her statement of faith. The first one was, I know my faith guides me through the day. <clears throat> Can you claim that? I know that my faith guides me through the day. I know that God holds all things together. It sounds a very grand verse. It's as though God is holding the universe together. But bring it right down into your situation. God is holding your life together. Your situation together. Your relationships together. Your working life together. Your leisure life together. God is holding all of life together. To live by faith is to live with the realisation that God is holding it all together and to be conscious of it. So faith is found in the joys of life. It's found also in the cares of life. It can't all be joy. That's not life. But it can't all be cares either. That's not life. But God is there in the joy and in the care of life. He's in the challenges. Those things that don't come easy. He's in the conflicts which we try to avoid, but we seem to get there every day into different conflict situations. He is the God who holds it all together in all of these circumstances. And in it, to live by faith is to lean on his presence, to lean on his guidance, it's as though we feel, where is he? He's not here. And yet walking by faith is being able to lean on him. It's, it's a strange expression. It's a strange thought I'm trying to convey. He's not here to lean on, but he is. We can lean on him and we can live and be guided through his presence. A life of faith informs our thinking and our actions. What you think about all the time, what you do all of the time, is governed by this life of faith that you have. She had this life of faith. She testified to it. Wasn't it amazing to see her doing her job on one day at 97 and to die two days later. Amazing. I want to do that. I want to preach until I die. One day you're thinking, Phil ain't coming this month. Why? Because he isn't with us anymore. But he was only with us last month. We only saw him and we, we heard him. What do you mean he's gone? He's gone. We walk in faith, you see. Our life is lived in faith with God. He holds it all together in his hands. What are you worried about? 
Yes, there are conflicts, there are difficult things, there are trials, there are difficulties that come into our life. But we must have a faith and belief that God is holding it all together. And she said, I live by faith in God on a daily basis. So this faith informs our thinking and our action. Faith is an ongoing encounter with God. Talking to him. He visits us in our dreams. We rise, as Paul was saying, in between sleep and awake. And God speaks and shows us things in that in-between time, as it were. Faith is our everyday existence with God. What she was saying is, I exist with God. Faith is existing with him. She said another one I want to pick up on. She says, I know all I need to do each day is to choose to do the right thing. I think this is really profound. I've been saying it for a long time now to, to new Christians and to old Christians. The simplicity of Christianity is to get up every morning and through the day make the right choices. That's it. Just make the right choices. Just choose to do. Now, we think choices are about big things. Very seldom do we have big, big things to make choices about. Now and again in our lives we do. Maybe in the situation of marriage or the situation of whether we buy or sell a property or move from one job to another. They're fairly big decisions. But that's not the choices we make every day. We make hundreds of little choices every day as Christians. We make a choice to listen or not to listen. Are some of you not listening? You made the choice not to listen to me anymore. I get that. Or you made the choice to listen. It's a choice, you see. All the time you're making choices to smile or not to smile. Some of us walk around with frowns all the time. And all people want is a smile, just a little smile now and again. But we choose not to do that. See, it's choices. Sometimes we have to choose to be quiet. People who talk too much need to choose to be quiet sometimes, just to shut up. And some people who are very quiet need to choose to speak up now and again, to say something. See, little choices, but there's a right and wrong one throughout all these minuscule things in life. To think of others is a choice that we make. To be polite, to hold back, to change our thoughts when they're wrong. Or do we let them just run on a little bit? We have to make these choices. To be honest, to keep a secret, to eat less, to rest, to exercise, to phone a friend, to write a letter, or to help a neighbor. They're all choices. And you either make them and say, yes, I'm gonna do this, or no. And the choices you make will determine the person you are. That's just it. The choices that you make, and you face them all day long. One or two quotes about choices. 
whatever comes our way, whatever battle is raging inside us, we always have a choice. It's the choice that makes us what we are. And we can always choose to do the right thing. Would you agree with that? Doesn't matter what's raging inside. You can choose to do the right thing or the wrong thing. And you know what it is often. Sometimes we get so angry, we know we're choosing the wrong thing and we deliberately choose the wrong thing. Sometimes we feel stressed or, and we choose. If you do the right thing, even if it makes you feel bad, you will discover the purpose of life is not to be happy, but to be worthy of happiness. That's very good. You don't make decisions, choices in life, so you can be happy all the time. Some choices you make might make you very sad, but you will know if you make that, you will have made the choice to make you worthy of happiness. This is awful, you might say, but I know I made the right choice. We went to see our son. We knew it would cost us a lot of money. We knew there would be quarantine and all this. We didn't know it was going to be two weeks. The cost of getting to Hong Kong and back in the end was £10,000. It was three, over £3,000 to buy the ticket and it was only another £3,000 to get home on another ticket. Quarantine was about £1,500 to pay for quarantine, which we didn't even want. And then the other costs that escalated. It didn't make me happy, but it made me worthy of happiness because I did the right thing. You understand? To, to meet my son and his wife was far more important than any other uh, consideration of money. You think you're very fortunate you had it. Well, actually, I didn't have it. So I had to go uh, cap in hand uh, to some of my rich children and, uh, <laughs> and say, help me out here. I can't do this. Integrity is doing the right thing even when no one is watching. We can all show off that we have integrity. But what when no one will know and no one sees? Mm. And it's never wrong to do the right thing. It's never wrong to do the right thing. Now, sometimes the right thing is to speak. Sometimes it's to be quiet. Sometimes it's to act and sometimes it's not to act. So we weigh up what is the right thing and the right thing then is 